You're listening to the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict. We left the Kohen Gadol in the entrance to the Kodesh Kodoshim, right just inside the parochet, the curtain. And he's standing between the two poles sticking out of the Ark of the Aron. And he's thrown, or he's put the incense onto the coals, and the whole of the Kodesh Kodoshim, the whole of the Holy of Holies, is filled with smoke. So he's standing there right in front of the Aron. And the Mishnah then picks up this story in the second Mishnah of the fifth chapter. And it asks, well, hang on, what did he do after they took away the Aaron, after the Ark was taken away? Because the sages of the Mishnah know that in Herod's temple, in the temple they remembered, there was no Ark, there was no Aaron. It existed in the temple of, of Solomon, but it was lost after the Babylonian destruction. Some people say that the Babylonians took it away, and some people say, and we learned that tradition in the Mishnah of Shekalim, some people say that it was buried, it was hidden somewhere in the temple precincts. Whatever legend, whatever the truth is, we don't know where the Aaron Kodesh is. And so when the Mishnah describes the Kohen Godol going into the Holy of Holies and making the smoke in front of the Aaron, in front of the um, Ark, they're describing a process that perhaps used to happen in the time of Solomon's temple, but absolutely did not happen in the time of the temple that they remember. And so the Mishnah picks up, after the Aaron had been taken away. So that's the temple they know. After the Ark had been taken away, there was a stone there. An enormous stone from the days of the earlier prophets, the days of the first prophets. And it was called Shtia, a foundation stone. There's a tradition that the whole world was created from this stone, that if you like, this stone was the first thing to be created and the rest of the world was created from it. And this stone was three fingers high. It was three fingers high. On which he would place it. That is to say, he'd place the fire pan and then put the incense onto the fire. So this stone seems to be enormously important. And you know, if you go to Temple Mount now, you will notice that there is a mosque there. And that this mosque is named after a stone, after a rock. It's called the Dome of the Rock Mosque. And I've just brought on the source sheet below a photograph of what is in the middle of the Dome of the Rock. And it is a, a gigantic stone. 
And it is about, it's a, it's a flat stone and it's not very high off the ground. It might only be three fingers off the ground. So maybe this gigantic stone in the middle of the dome of the rock is the Even Shtiyah, the foundation stone that the Mishnah refers to. Um, the, 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 the Mishnah refers to when it says that, that the high priest used to place the incense on this stone when he could no longer place it between the poles of the Aron. Clearly the Aron would have sat on this stone in the time of the temple of Solomon. And then, then the Kohen Gadol is going to carry on with the ceremony. And in order to understand what he does next, we need to go back to the Pesukim. We've already, we brought the 16th chapter of Vayikra, the beginning of the source sheet. But we just need to revisit the Pesukim in the middle of that chapter, just to check what he goes and what he does next. And you'll see that the next two Mishnayot then describe a process that follows the description in Tanakh. He puts the incense on the fire. We've seen that so far. And then, He takes the blood of the bullock. Remember, he sacrificed his own bull. That's the bull for his son, his sins, and the sins of his sons, and the sins of the of the of the um, other Kohanim, the other sons of Aaron. And the text says, "Vehizab He sprinkles it with his finger on the ark cover towards the east, and then, And in front of the ark cover. He's going to sprinkle it seven times. He seems to do it once east and then seven times. And then he goes, and then he takes the goat. Remember, there were two goats, one to be sent out in the wilderness and one to be slaughtered. So he goes to the goat that's to be slaughtered. He kills the goat of the sin offering that is for the people. He brings his blood within the veil. So he comes back. And he does exactly the same thing as he does with the blood of his bull. He sprinkles it on the ark cover and in front of the ark cover. And that is how he makes atonement for the holy places. He makes atonement for the holy place. Because of the uncleanness of the people of Israel and because of all of their transgressions, all of their sins. And thus he does for the tent of meeting, that dwells with them in the midst of their uncleanness. So, if you like, this is the essence of the second chance. Yom Kippur is the day of the second chance, and the Ohel Moed, the Holy of Holies, the tent of meeting, lives with the people of Israel in the middle of all of their misdeeds and sins. And he does this to expiate all of the, the, their sins once every year. So that, those are the verses from Vayikra, from the parish of Achare Mot. So now let's have a look at the Mishnah. Natalit Adam. Remember, when he 
slaughtered the um, his bull. He he took the blood into a bowl, but immediately handed it over to a colleague to stir, so the blood wouldn't become congealed. So the Mishnah explains, he would take the blood from the one who was stirring it. He takes it back. He goes back into the place that he'd entered. That's the Holy of Holies. And he stands on the place where he stood. He stands in the same place. He's going right back to where he burned the incense, where he let the cloud of incense off. And he sprinkles once above and seven times below. Remember the Pesukim seem to say he sprinkles once up on towards the east and then seven times in front. And he wouldn't sprinkle upwards or downwards directionally, but just rather like one who's cracking a whip. Remember when you crack a whip, you go up, down very quickly, up, down. And that seems to be what he, the motion he do. He'd sprinkle up and sprinkle down. And he'd count. And the Mishnah spells this out. And of course, we have, we repeat these, this count in the, uh, in, the, in the Musaf prayer on Yom Kippur. The Musaf prayer on Yom Kippur is based on this Mishnah. So when we count uh, Musaf on Yom Kippur, we are actually quoting this Mishnah. Thus he used to count. Achat, one. Achat v'achat, one and one. Achat ushtaim, one and two. Achat v'shalosh, one and three. Achat v'arba, one and four. Achat v'chamesh, one and five. Achat v'shesh, one and six. Achat v'sheva, one and seven. So he's done his one up and his seven in front. Yatsav v'nichoar kan hazahav sheba hechal. And then he goes out and he puts the, the, the bowl of blood down on a special golden stand, which is sitting there waiting for it. So then they bring him the goat. Remember, this is the goat. This is not the goat that's going to be sent out, but the, it's, it's part of the goat, if you like. The goat's going to be slaughtered. This is exactly the same language that we, he used about his bull. He slaughters it and he accepts, he takes its blood into a bowl. He enters the place that he entered. And he stands, he stood on the place where he stood. He's going back to the same place. And he sprinkles one above and seven below. It's a carbon copy Mishnah. He doesn't aim to sprinkle up or down. But just like someone cracking a whip, just up, down, up, down, like you're cracking a whip. And we're following the Kaufman manuscript in this on this source sheet and in fact Kaufman doesn't even bother writing out all of what he counted because it's exactly the same achat, achat ushtayim, achat b'shalosh one, one and two, one and three one and four and so on and Kaufman just says v'chach haya moneh and thus he would count but it's the same count 
And then he'd go out and he'd place this bowl. This is the second bowl now, the bowl of blood from the goat. He put it on the second golden stand that was sitting out the sitting outside in the Heichal in the sanctuary. Rabbi said there's only one golden stand there. I don't understand. Uh, the halacha does not go according to Rabbi Yudah, by the way. And I don't think Rabbi Yudah remembers what went on in the temple either. I, I, and honestly, we don't quite understand how they fit these two, but maybe someone would pick up the other bowl in order for him to put one down. I think we don't understand how they'd manage if there were only one one stand. And certainly the opinion, the main, the first opinion, the Mishnah is there were two stands. So there's one stand for the goat's blood and one for the, the, the bull's blood. So, uh, unless, yeah, unless he always picks one up when he puts one down, because the Mishnah goes on, So he picks up the blood of the bull and he puts down the blood of the goat. And he sprinkles from it on the curtains facing the ark from the outside. Once up and seven times down. So there must have been, I, I, I don't know whether the blood hits the curtain or whether it just falls on the ground in front of the curtain. I think it falls on the ground in front of the curtain. And certainly it did not hit the Aaron. It used to fall on the ground in front of the Aaron. Seven times down. And he wouldn't aim to, to sprinkle it either upwards or downwards. Ela kumatzlif. But just like someone cracking a whip, hand up, hand down. And that's he would count. And again, Kaufman doesn't bother to repeat for us all of the countings because we know it's the same count. One, one and two, one and three, one and four and so on. The Mishnah goes on. Natal So he'd take the goat's blood and put down the goat. The, the blood of the blood of the ox again so you can kind of see how Rabbi Huda holds that there's only one stand if if certainly if he's got an assistant to help him he could basically take one up and put the other one down you know just using one stand and he does exactly the same thing he sprinkles from the goat's blood on the uh, curtain of on the curtain from the outside once up seven times down and he wouldn't aim to put it to sprinkle either upwards or downwards but he just sort of shake his hand like cracking a whip and thus he would count it's the same count and again Kaufman doesn't bother to spell out the count Kaufman knows we know the count then what does he do he mixes the two bloods he then pours the blood of the bull into the blood of the goat. And he pours the full vessel into the empty one, i.e. the two bloods are mixed together. And then using the two bloods mixed together, he's able to purify the altar. And that is the subject of the next Mishnah.
Thank you for listening to this edition of the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict.